let's get to uh, scripture this morning. But before we go there, I invite you to just pray with me this morning. Lord God, I thank you that we are again able to gather right now this morning. I'm asking uh, that our technology would remain stable and that we can continue to meet like this. God, I, I pray that you will speak to us. Uh, I realize that you don't have to use me to speak to us. You have given us your word. You have revealed your heart desire to us in that. Uh, we learn so much from studying scripture. I pray that you would help us as um, we look. Open up our eyes to truths that perhaps we have neglected or truths that are brand new to us. Lord, I lift up this time to you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, you can see some uh, lights behind me here. I didn't bring them all. At first, I was just thinking, oh, I'd love to have like the stage just totally full of just a bunch of lamps and lights. Well, we're not doing that, but we're doing a few. This comes from my home. This is um, actually a work lamp that Kelsey has in her office space. Uh, she does jewelry stuff, and it's up there by her. And then this one over here is a brand new lamp. My youngest son purchased this lamp this last week, and uh, he, he received some money, and he bought it. He was like, I want that. You can tell that he likes color, can't you? He loves color. I love that about him. And he wanted this lamp for his room. It doesn't have any light bulbs. I'm not sure if you can tell that yet. Um, my wife went to Costco yesterday looking for some light bulbs. They didn't have the right kind of light bulb for this. She went to Walmart. The line was so long. She called me on the phone and said, Nathan, how important is it to have light bulbs in for Sunday morning? Because it's a long line. Like every one of their grandmas down at Walmart right now. Okay, maybe you are one of those people. Every place is packed right now. People are just trying to get out. All right, again, this, this light over here, thanks to the youth group. Whether you said yes or no, I didn't even ask the youth group. I did ask Seth and I asked Alyssa, hey, can we use this, this lamp here from Ikea? And they said yes. So this has been a staple here for this Shine series. And then if you can see this down here, this is, looked at this a few weeks ago. This is the candle, the unity candle from the wedding of me and Kelsey, the time that we came together and exchanged vows um, to one another. July 24th, 1999. Well, um, we're going to continue looking at this idea of shining. Um, I want to conclude today the series on shine. And I want you to think with me um, in a given direction. So, you might recall from previous weeks, we've looked at, um, there's, we've used SHINE as an acronym. So S, source. What's the source? H, hindrances. I, immense. What's immense? Life is immense. Difficulties are immense. We encounter those. And then last week, we looked at nurtured. We are in a relationship with the Lord Jesus, and he is nurturing us. He is helping us grow in our walk with him. And that is what motivates us to want to shine. That is the motivating factor which causes us to desire to shine. E. What's E? <laughs> what does E stand for? I saw a couple of ideas on Facebook this last week. 
Uh, my wife oversees uh, that stuff and, and like the Instagram post and the Facebook post. And I, I saw a couple different ideas and I liked some of those ideas. Eggs was one. That was a really random one. You know who you were. And that was, I just got a kick out of that one. Uh, not eggs. Uh, there were some others. I forget exactly what they, they were. I know one was like engage. I actually really seriously considered using that word. That was one of my top three words. Not a lot of E words that I really wanted to bring here. The word I'm using today is the word eager. Eager. So when it comes to shining, how eager are you to begin shining? See, we can, we can get theoretical here and we can try to have these messages which inspire us. Oh, that was a good message. Maybe it wasn't a good message, but... I hope it's a good message and it inspired me to want to go and shine. And then we just kind of don't really shine. We forget about it. Monday morning happens. Life gets crazy. Um, we get frustrated or whatever happens and we forget to actually shine. So this message, I want us to really think about how we are called to, to shine. And let's be eager to shine. Let's be eager to gather and shine. A few weeks ago, I was um, around a campfire, an outdoors campfire. And as I was around the campfire, uh, one of my kids, and I really forget which kid it was, looked up. And, you know, it was starting to get dark. Looked up and then just started to, I can see five stars right now. I think it was like five or six stars. Well, that, of course, caused all of us to start looking up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I see. Yeah, I think I see. What is that one really a star or not? You know, and, and then about ten minutes passed, and and then it was. We looked up again. Ah, I think I see about a dozen. There's like a dozen stars up there, and and then another fifteen minutes or so passed. Ooh, now I see a lot more. Now there's like I think I see like oh how many? Ooh, I'm like at thirty, thirty-two, thirty-three. Oh, thirty-five. You know, like thinking through. And then we waited just a bit longer, and by that time it was like almost all dark. And then it was like, I can't even count how many stars are out there. There's a bunch of stars. It's been, this last week I, I read online, can't believe everything that you read online, but this, this seemed, seemed legit, <laughs> that the, the naked eye can see 2,500 stars. Who takes the time to actually count that many stars? Like, and like, how do you even know? Like, did I already count that one? I think I already counted that. How do you even do that? Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I think it's just like, hey, if you were just to technically look up there without a telescope, like, this is probably how many stars you're going to be able to potentially see. Again, this morning, I ask you, how eager are you to shine? The passage of scripture that we're going to look at this morning tells us that you and I, as followers of Jesus, shine like stars in the universe. Let's look at it. So I encourage you to take your Bible, um, either pull it up on your phone or open your physical hard copy Bible to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. And this morning we're going to work our way through verses 12 through 18. 12 through 18. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 18. This is what it says here. 
says, therefore. Remember this question? Whenever you see a therefore, you must ask yourself, what's the therefore? So we got to do that, right? So what's the therefore? Well, in light of what has been shared in chapter 2, which is really about the humility of Jesus. Jesus who had equality with God, equal with God, yet did not consider that something to grab hold of. Empties himself, makes himself nothing, takes on humanity. We are actually to follow in his footsteps. We're to follow his humility. And then it closes the section in, uh, in early chapter 2 by saying that the day is coming when every knee is going to bow before the Lord Jesus. That's going to happen. Okay, so in light of all of this, in light of the humility of Jesus, and in light of the incarnation, God becoming flesh, taking on humanity, therefore, in light of all of this, my dear friends, Philippians 2 verse 12, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Continue to work out your salvation. How do you do it? You're going to do this with fear and trembling. That makes sense. To work out your salvation, we better do this with much fear and with trembling. Work out your salvation. I want you to notice what it says as well as what it does not say. It says, work out your salvation. Not work for your salvation. No, work out your salvation. Salvation is a gift. Salvation meaning a relationship with God, our Father, creator of all. That's salvation. That is something that is given to us. It's given by grace. It is not something that I do, that I earn, it's not something that is like, well, I'm just so good, therefore I get salvation. No, uh, that would be a hard way to live, wouldn't it? And there are a lot of religions which practice this. You know, like, be good enough. And if you're good enough, then hopefully your good outweighs your bad. And you'll have a relationship with God. Quite frankly, that would make me very insecure. Because I would never know if I am good enough. I mean, how good do I have to be for creator God? How good? And how do I know when I've been good enough? You know, is it just, well, I'm better than that person down there. Uh, don't compare me to that person because I don't like to get in a comparison with that person because they make me look a little bit bad, a little selfish, you know? Like, what, are we going to do this comparison game? God takes it all out and says, no, you're not saved by your works, by what you do. So I don't believe this is, okay, let's, let's um, get good enough. No, we are saved by grace. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, the passage that Seth read this morning. And yet there's also this tension in Scripture. And did you catch it? Seth also read verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2, which said, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. To catch the tension? You see, like, 
We're not saved by what we do. It's not by our works. But we are saved by grace and we are saved to carry out good works. This is something that God calls us to. And I think that this is being echoed here in Philippians 2, verse 12. Continue to work out your salvation. You need to do this with fear and with trembling. How do we work out our salvation? Let's read on. Verse 13, for it is God who works in you. God is working in you. To will and to act according to his good purpose. God has purposes. And he is accomplishing his purpose through you and through me. God the Holy Spirit indwells us. He is the one that enables us to work out our salvation. He's the one that grows us. If you get a little uncomfortable, don't be bothered by that. Chances are real high that God is actually working on you. (laughs) He is. Being uncomfortable is probably an indicator that God is trying to do something in you. As a collective church, when we get uncomfortable, remember that God is accomplishing his purposes. He's accomplishing his purposes in us collectively. But it must start with me personally. He is working in me. So may I ask you a question? You know I'm going to anyways, right? How aware are you of the presence of God in your life? Now, If you have never placed your faith in Jesus and the Spirit is there convicting you, like trying to lead you and open your eyes up to seeing the truth of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is not actually indwelling you. But for those of you who have placed your faith in Jesus, I believe the Holy Spirit indwells you. But man, we can really kind of ignore him, can't we? How aware are you of his presence in your life And how are you listening to his voice? He is speaking. He's speaking. Are you listening to him? We must listen to the voice of the Spirit. Look at verse 14. This this one is a tough one. This is an uncomfortable one. Here here we go. Ready? Verse 14. Do everything without complaining or arguing. (laughs) I just feel like, oh, come on. Come on, like someone's got to be critical. Someone's got to have that spiritual gift, right? Nope, not a spiritual gift. Complaining is not a spiritual gift. Sorry. You know, I I feel like some of us are just like, well, someone should say what everyone else is thinking. I mean, I just know that everyone else is thinking and God has given me the ability to just speak what everyone else thinks. Yeah, I come across as critical sometimes, but good thing for me. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Do everything without complaining and without arguing. Oh, this is a hard one. I got to tell you, I chose this passage before this week. (laughs) I chose, okay, so when I was thinking about doing this this, uh, series on shine, uh, this, this passage was chosen weeks ago. I had no idea what we would find, you know, denial for Polk and Marion on Friday of, uh, nope, we're denied 
uh, phase one. Yes, we will be relooking at this again this next week. Uh, potentially this will happen. Um, yeah, it was a hard week for a lot of people. You know, it was a hard week for people regardless of where they fall in all of this. It was just a hard week. It was a hard week. It was a hard week for me. I'm going to be honest with you. I did some complaining. Uh, maybe it was a little bit under my breath. But there was like, there was a fair amount of complaining on my, on my part. Uh, when, I was, when I was in seventh grade, I remember going on a youth retreat, fall youth retreat. And uh, we were up in the woods. On Saturday night, we played a game. The youth pastor divided us, the, the junior high youth group. Back then it was junior high, not middle school. Things have changed. Uh, the junior high youth group was divided into to teams for some games. I remember seeing my team that I had, and I just cried out, Oh, come on! You know, like, you ever, like, say something out loud, and, like, you don't realize that, oh, that actually was out loud? <laughs> Case in point, all right? So, like, I'm just like, oh, come on! I, I was griping, I was complaining, because I did not like my team. I looked at the other teams, and I saw other teams, and I felt like all of the athletic guys, eighth-grade boys, were on the other teams, my team, sorry, I'm not trying to be sexist here. My team was a bunch of girls and one eighth grade boy who was very unathletic. And so I just like let her fly. I'm like, oh, come on. And I just remember the, the youth pastor just calling me out on it. He was like, okay, Nathan, you think these teams are bad? You make the teams. Gulp. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And I just like, Backed away, okay, okay, it's not that bad. Part of me today is thinking, I should have been like, okay, I'll remake the teams. But I, I didn't do that. I was like, uh, probably not having the best attitude here. Um, I, I probably need to get over myself a bit. Okay. How many times have, have uh, you and I just, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> oh, come on. Whether it's to God. God, oh, come on. Don't, you don't tell me. To society. Oh, come on. This, this is ridiculous. Come on. Okay, so I, I come back to this text here, which was not written specifically for COVID-19, but pertains to COVID-19. It pertains to anything and everything that you and I find ourselves in. Do everything without complaining or arguing I am not suggesting that we just, like little pawns, say, well, I guess we just do whatever we're told. I am not suggesting that. No. I'm not suggesting that we don't carry opinions. Not for a moment. I'm not suggesting that we even appropriately give voice to political things. I'm not suggesting that. Um, politics, it's, an, it's interesting right now. Uh, they don't, uh, the political realm, people don't really know. People are having a hard time. We are faced with a lot of things that we were not faced with six months ago. Here's what I'm telling you. I tell you what scripture is telling us. Do everything without complaining, without arguing. And there's a reason. 
There's a reason for this. So that, verse 15, here's the reason. So that you may become blameless and pure. That's the reason. Why why guard our mouth? Why not just complain? Why not argue? Because we are to be blameless and pure. I, I hope that some of you are connecting dots right now. You see, when we complain and when we argue, we are not blameless and pure. When we argue, when we complain and gripe, all, it's, all it does is gives people a reason to point the finger and say, yeah, go figure. Go figure. The Christian's going to do that. You know, like that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of what, I think that's what this passage is getting at. Do everything without complaining, without arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure. So that you might maintain your integrity. That's what blameless is getting at here. So that you might be above reproach. So that people can't actually point the finger and say, aha. Now, why does this matter? It goes on, it says, because you are children of God. Without fault in a crooked and depraved generation. In which you shine like stars in the universe. We are children of God. We live in the midst of a generation which is crooked and depraved. These words were first originally addressed to the church at Philippi. It was a, it was a society which was crooked and depraved. And Paul is calling it out. Man, the society is crooked and depraved. Guess what? Newsflash. Our society is too. It's no different. We live in the midst of a crooked and depraved generation. This is straight. This is crooked. Guess how society is? It's crooked. This is the intended purpose. This is the intended direction. What happens to society? That's, what, that's how society, it's always trying to twist things to its own advantage. That's the backdrop. This is the backdrop in which you and I shine. Society. The generation in which we are living, it is crooked. It is depraved. It knows no better. And yet in the midst of that, you and I are called to shine like stars in the universe. Many of you know that I love to go camping. My family loves to go camping. It's looking like things, things are looking better and better. State parks are opening up in Oregon. Woohoo! I'm so grateful for that. I need to study that a bit more, but I know that um, big decisions were made this last week. I'm thankful for that. I'm trusting that my camping trip in early August can, can still, that we can still meet and, and go camping because I long to do that. I want to get out to nature. I want to do that. When we go camping, we go camping for a week. We love the campfire. We sit around the campfire. Um, there's some certain games that we play that have become traditional. They will make no sense to you right now, so I'm not even going to try to explain it. All I can say is you've got to come camping with us sometime, and then we'll teach you how to play the games. They're, they're crazy. 
One of them is called Traveling Jessica. See, you're like, why is it called Traveling Jessica? That makes no sense. There is a reason for that. You got to come camping with us. That's all I can say. Okay. So we'll, we'll be playing Traveling Jessica. And, and then eventually, like, we start to look up again. We just love to look up. And we can kind of see through the, the trees as we're around the campfire when it's dark. Well, first off, we see bats. <laughs> They're circling. Oh, there's bats up there. And, and then we start to see, oh, there's some stars. Almost always over the course of a week, a few of us will walk down to the shoreline of the lake. Walk down to the lake. And that's, that's the point where the trees, we're away from the trees. And we just look up. Wow, is all I can say. It's beautiful. I just look on a clear night at the way that the shines, that the shines, the stars shine through. The darker it gets, the brighter those stars shine. The way that the stars shine up in the mountains is so much brighter than it is here in Salem. I mean, I, I love the way the stars shine here. But we're surrounded by street lamps. You know, you get out in the woods and you see the beauty of the stars shining forth. I know it's cliche, but I think it's so true. The darker that it gets, the brighter that we shine. Don't be discouraged that we live in the midst of a crooked and depraved generation. It has been that way for all of humanity. But Paul is calling us to remember that we are different and we shine. And guess what? When the generation grows crooked and depraved and they know no better, don't be extremely discouraged. It's hard because it does get to us. It's hard. But this is the backdrop in which we shine all the brighter. How do we shine? We shine I think there's many other ways we shine, but we shine by guarding our attitude. If our attitudes are not right, it does a disservice to the Lord Jesus. It prohibits us from shining. I want to close this passage, and I really need to move on here a little bit quicker. Um, verse 16 says that we shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. What's the word of life? Some theologians would say that's scripture. Some would say that's the gospel. And some would say Jesus. And I say yes, yes, yes. It's everything. I mean, these three are so intricately woven together, scripture and the gospel and Jesus. So we're holding this out We're holding out the word of life. Um, It goes on, in order that I may boast, this is Paul speaking, so that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too, should be glad and rejoice with me. Paul uses this Old Testament imagery of being poured out like a drink offering as a sacrifice to the Lord. He's saying this is part of the way in which he shines, I believe. Well, 
to conclude this message here, um, I, well, I don't want to get you too happy. I'm not, I'm not done yet. I, there, there's another piece here. One last piece, really, before I conclude. I want to I ask you to consider with me how it is that we shine. How do you and I, as followers of Jesus, shine in the midst of this dark generation? Again, I want us to just think as practical as we can. I can talk until I'm blue in the face to you. I can preach as boldly as I can and use as much excitement as I can. But I can do nothing to convince you to shine for Jesus. That is fully out of my hands. And yet I want you to think about how the gospel is intended to go beyond just words and beyond how we talk about it. These are nice things, nice ideas. It's meant to be put into practice. And so I want to conclude this, this series on shine and going practical. And I'm just going to ask you this question. How do we shine? How is it that you and I shine? I'm going to give you four ways that I believe that you and I shine right now. The one, I believe that they are on the screen as well. One We shine through our spiritual gifting. We shine, you and I, as followers of Jesus, shine through our spiritual gifting. This means that you and I must know what our spiritual gifting is. So are you aware of how you have been spiritually gifted by the Holy Spirit? He's the one who distributes gifts as he determines. That's what scripture tells us. But are you aware of what the Spirit intends and determines for you? You need to be aware of that. Um, we are aware of this by, by practicing spiritual gifting to see if it's kind of how God has wired me. Like, is this what helps build the body up? Sometimes we practice a certain spiritual gift and we're just like, no, that just isn't really my gift. I don't think that's building up the church body. Um, There is going to be an email that goes out here in just a short while, which has some follow-up questions to this. And there is a link in that email, which will take you to spiritualgifts.com. I'm not saying that this tells you exactly what your spiritual gift is. But I encourage you, if you do not know what your spiritual gift is, consider clicking on that, answering the questions there to give you an idea of how God has perhaps gifted you. Now, as we determine what our spiritual gifting is, I think it is best that we shine using that spiritual gifting. So the example I have for you this morning is this. Um, Consider your spiritual gifting being that of evangelism. Some of you, not a lot of you, but some of you have the gift of evangelism Some of you have this gift and you are actually even unaware that you have this gift. But if you have the gift of evangelism, you are going to be more vocal in a wise manner, in a creative manner. But you're going to be more vocal about your walk with Jesus than, say, someone who has the spiritual gift of service. So... It's not that people who have the spiritual gift of service are off the hook and they don't ever need to talk about Jesus. That's absurd, I think. 
Um, we're all called to evangelize. But some people have the gift of evangelism and some people have the gift of service. If your gift is the gift of service, perhaps you might end up finding that the best way that you shine is to make a batch of cookies or a loaf of banana bread and take it to your neighbors. This is perhaps the way that you shine the light of Jesus to others. You've got to know your spiritual gift. Do you know your spiritual gift? Use your spiritual gift to shine for Jesus. Number two, we shine through our talents and our abilities. This is more natural. This is like naturally as a person, this is just my makeup. This is who I have been created to be. So there is um, some YouTubers. uh, their, Their show is called Dude Perfect. No, seriously. It's called Dude Perfect. <laughs> and it's awesome. Um, if, if you are younger, then you almost guaranteed know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're older, my apologies. Follow. Just bear with me for a, a moment here. Okay, here's where I'm going with this. Dude Perfect. It's a bunch of guys who first off have a lot of testosterone. <laughs> like, they're just like, Wah! like all the time. And it's, it's pretty intense. Um, but they're all believers. That's what I'm. That's, that's where I'm going. They're all believers. So, like this last week, I watched one of their episodes. One, one of my because my boys watched it a little bit. Dad, have you seen this one? Took they went up a skyscraper. Skyscraper, um, five hundred and thirty-six or thirty-seven feet up in the air or something like that. My wife was like actually tell, help, telling me. Uh, sorry, I'm not falling fast enough. It was beyond five hundred feet up in the air. Take a basketball. Seriously, seriously, no kidding here. Take a basketball, shoot it off the roof of the skyscraper. Basketball goes down, probably not on the first try. <laughs> they have a basketball hoop on the ground, and they make the basket. And there's a, Wah! okay, th- this is crazy. And they, they do stuff like that all of the time, all of the time. They, they set a world record in that, by the way. There's a documentary out there right now by Dude Perfect. I think it's produced by YouTube. Um, it, 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 they're, they're not like, like really like strongly overt, like out there like, hey, we're believers, we're going to preach Jesus at you. But they are unashamed of their faith in Jesus. They're shining. They shine. They have a huge audience. And they are shining using their natural talents, how God has just wired them, using that to shine for them. Um, some people are, are musical. I, we have a lot of people in our church family who are musical. I appreciate the worship team this morning, how they are musical. We have so many other people in our church family who are musical. I could not help but think about uh, Tim and Pam, uh, who have posted a couple of videos singing. Uh, and even John was on one of those videos. Recently, there was a video that they had which they sang the doxology, both Tim and Pam, and it was, it was declaring praise to God. It was in light of an answer to prayer, and they posted it on Facebook, and I believe it was on their public um, Facebook page. You see, I think that's a way of using your natural gifting to shine for Jesus. Uh, some of you might be artistic. Actually, I know some of you are artistic. I love it that we have some artsy people in our church family. 
I'm asking you, how can you creatively use art as a follower of Jesus and identify yourself as a follower of Jesus? Right now, I'm currently in a course for my master's degree going through 2,000 years of church history. It's phenomenal. But a lot of the great artists of the past were followers of Jesus, and they used art as a way to express their praise for Jesus. It was their shining for Jesus. We need more of that today in the area of art. Uh, Perhaps you are athletic. Same question. If you are athletic, how can you use this to shine for Jesus? Perhaps some of you say, well, I, um, I can sew, and I actually really enjoy knitting. Uh, Same question. How can you use this for Jesus? I have known various ladies who sew little booties. I'm not sure what else you call them, but like little uh, slippers for the the feet of babies. And they take those down to Hope Pregnancy Center. I believe this is a way of using natural gifting to shine for Jesus. Some of you have a mind which is phenomenal. You are able to uh, draw uh, uh, plans house plans, building plans. You were able to use construction as a way to praise Jesus, to shine for Jesus. Here's what I'm saying. Use what God has gifted you in to praise Jesus, to shine for Jesus. Use your natural talents and abilities. Number three, we shine through our personality. God has uniquely given us a personality We need to embrace that personality. We can so easily compare ourselves to someone else who has a personality that we wish we had. Don't go down that road. It's a road of discouragement. But embrace who God has made you to be. If you are outgoing, if you are the life of a party, praise God for that. But use that as a platform to shine for Jesus, not as a platform for yourself. And if you are rather introverted, shy, or reserved, don't feel like you are inferior to those who are out, uh, more outgoing. A lot of people who are very introverted can feel a little bit intimidated by people who are extroverted. Understand that your security comes from God and your courage is found in him. I am amazed that so many great spiritual leaders are not the most outgoing. They are not the most extroverted. And this should not surprise us because God uses us in our weakness to enable us to shine for him. So what I'm telling you is know your personality. Be true to your personality And use how God has wired you to shine in greater ways for him. The fourth thing I pass on to you is this. We shine in the way we present ourselves in the world. Again, remember the world, the backdrop of the world is dark. It's darkness. It's it's what the world knows. But you and I are able to shine forth. But here's the deal. If I am acting and behaving just as the world, there is nothing that sets me apart. If my value system mirrors that of humanity, what is setting me apart? We've got to be honest about that. 
We are called to a different standard, and it's this book right here. So we understand Scripture, we study Scripture, and we study Christ because He is the example of God in flesh. He is what helps us understand what deity is like and how deity can be lived out. I'm not suggesting that we are ever deity. No, that's absurd. But he gives us an example to follow after. We are called to pattern our life after the life of Jesus. So are you willing to be different? And are you okay if you are? Not if. Are you okay to hold a value system which is different than that of the world? And the darker our world gets, and if you have not noticed, the lights are going out, the brighter we shine. Fellow believer, let's pray for courage to shine in the midst of the darkening. Let's be willing to shine in the midst of it all. I need to close just as there are numerous lights. There's numerous people. And I don't think that any of us are called to shine in the exact same way. I do not believe in cookie cutter Christians. Like, you know what I mean by that? Like, we're all just the same. We all look the same. We all smell the same. We all sound the same. You know, like, no, we are uniquely gifted. We need to understand spiritual gifting. We need to understand our natural abilities. We need to understand our personality. And we need to be willing to present ourselves differently in the midst of a generation which is crooked, depraved, going off course. But you and I need to remain faithful to the course that God has called us. I understand that as we follow scripture, this can be met with a lot of resistance. This book is growing increasingly unpopular right now. But for us as believers, these words, they speak life. They speak truth. And I I hope and trust that we are willing to embrace them and define life in the way that God defines life and allow God to speak to us, guiding us. Guard your attitude. Our attitudes are extremely important. They determine whether or not people give us a listening ear. Pray for wisdom as we move forward. Pray for wisdom for Kingwood Bible Church as we move forward. Pray for endurance. Pray that we will choose to shine. Now we have a choice. Now we have a decision to make. Five weeks on shine. The question is, are we eager to do this? Are we eager to put this into practice? I can't, I can't force that. 
I can't make you do that. But I'm also trusting that the Spirit of God has been speaking to many of us, myself included, encouraging and challenging us to shine in greater ways. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that we would be eager to shine for you. Give us a hunger and desire to do that. Lord, if we recognize that I'm really not extremely eager, I'd rather not, it's easier not to shine, may we be honest about that too. I think if that's the case, our prayer is, God, create in me an eagerness to shine. Lord, um, we need your help here. But we also recognize that you have gifted and and, uh, designed us in certain ways which allow us to shine unique to who we are. So for Nate, may I shine in the way that Nate is designed to shine. And for someone else listening, may that person shine in the way that you have designed him or her to shine. But Lord, I, I do know this, all of us, as we shine, we are going to be pointing people to Jesus. We are putting the spotlight on Jesus. And may that be true for all of us, regardless of the way in which we shine. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.